Today is Friday, January 6, 2023. Happy New Year, and welcome to another year of Pennsylvania Legacies, the podcast from the Pennsylvania Environmental Council. My name is Josh Rollerson. Since 2010, the Philly Bike Expo has been Philadelphia's premier non-competitive cycling event. It's a gathering of two-wheel enthusiasts, activists, makers, and many others connected with the city's vibrant bike culture. Not just a trade show, the Expo has always celebrated the innovative and the eccentric in bike building, with a spotlight on handmade custom designs by artisans from around the country. It's also been a center for learning and discussion, aimed at forming connections among cyclists and growing the bike community both in Philly and beyond. Bina Belenke is owner and director of the Expo, and also the daughter of its founder, Stephen Belenke. I spoke with her recently about how the event has grown along with Philly's bike scene and with the growing interest in outdoor recreation generally across the state. The Philly Bike Expo is unique in that it is a celebration of cycling. It is an indoor expo. The expo itself is, you know, sort of the main highlight. However, we do seminars, workshops, demos, rides, parties throughout the entire weekend. Um, and so we really strive for a something for everyone atmosphere. Um, and we have exhibitors that range from like the tiniest, you know, handmade bicycle maker to the largest component manufacturers in the world. Tell me a little more detail about the programming then. You mentioned education. I, I believe there's some advocacy, community building. How much of it is is that kind of thing versus what you might see at a more traditional type of bike expo, the, the gear and the industry stuff? What, what topics do you cover and how do you approach them? Gosh, so we cover a very wide range of topics. The programming goes on throughout all the expo hours. So we have seminars that start, you know, at... 10 a.m. when the show opens and run till, you know, after the show closes. And we have everything from advocacy to clinics on the newest tech to lifestyle and culture, training and racing, getting involved, like you said, community building. So topics that are focused on that. You know, this past year we had a seminar on adaptive cycling. We also have sort of travelogues focused on important topics. Like we had Eric Cedeno, the bicycle nomad, um, do a recap of his journey of the bicycle core. If you're familiar with that, um, you know, I guess it was in the 1880s, the Buffalo Soldiers going by bicycle from, I think they ended up in St. Louis. So that was really cool, really moving topic. Given the setting, I would, I think, expect the focus to be somewhat at least on urban bike issues specifically but i wonder like how how wide does it range regionally i guess the sort of two questions is your audience mostly from the philly area and what kinds of you know issues matter to them are they are they commuters are they interested in traffic safety that kind of thing or do you also do trail riding gravel riding mountain biking how much overlap is there in those uh, interests so, I mean, there's so much overlap. When we first started, you know, it was started in downtown Philadelphia. We had, you know, a much smaller pool of exhibitors. Um, you know, this was over a decade ago. And initially we got sort of a reputation as like a urban commuter focused event. And as the years have gone on and since we moved to the convention center and the audience has broadened, we pretty much cover everything. 
like you said about traffic safety, we had, you know, workshops and demos on, you know, navigating Philly and other, you know, urban streets safely. But then we also have stuff about bike packing. We did a three part series of history and evolution of the mountain bike um, that was wildly popular and well attended. And our attendees come from Obviously, there's a large concentration in Philly, but really the entire Northeast Corridor, and that's actually branching further west. You know, we've had folks who are flying in, you know, from Illinois and from Michigan and, you know, Kentucky. I mean, we're the largest independent bike show on the East Coast, the only woman-owned bike show in the country. There's nothing else like it. Most events of this size are usually in conjunction with a prominent race or ride, and we are not. So our focus is on the community aspect, the educational aspect, the you know inspiring aspect, and the something for everyone. Um, so you don't have to be you know an elite mountain biker to you know ride at this event and then as a result attend the expo. You know it's open to everyone, and our audience is super diverse. Do you, I mean, do you also do outings as part of it? Are there rides associated with the expo? For sure, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, we normally have six, eight, ten rides um, in conjunction with the expo, and they range from family fun rides that's like a couple miles and ends up at the expo. We do a mixed terrain ride, which is, you know, road and gravel um, in the Wissahickon. You know, we had Ian Boswell um, join this year. We have some faster rides, we have some slower rides, we have some night rides. Um, Same thing, we wanna have a ride for just about anyone so that if you decide, hey, I wanna get a little few miles in while I'm in Philly, um, there's something that is gonna interest you. We've had ones that's more like a historical tour. This past year, we had a nighttime cyclocross race um, held on Saturday night of the expo. So that was super fun. Um, That's also another thing we do as kind of our, you know, auxiliary um, parties and events um, throughout the weekend. Let's zero in on the advocacy piece a little bit. What are the issues your attendees, your presenters are really fired up lately? What are the big issues you're grappling with? How do you address those? And how does that kind of map out given the, you know, the the reach of the event, how much of it is Philly specific versus uh, sort of, of, of broader regional or national interest? There's kind of the, you know, expected issues of like, you know, infrastructure and policy. So we always have Um, a couple seminars on deck from the Bicycle Coalition of Greater Philadelphia. You know, they do stuff on, you know, the circuit trails and any other projects that are in the works. Um, We also usually have something on e-bikes, whether it be, you know, policy or uh, more technical, just because, you know, even though they've been around a while now, it's still, you know, newer than the original bicycle. Um, so this year we had someone come from DCNR, um, in Harrisburg to talk about their latest draft policy that I think came out in August. You know, there's environmental concerns, obviously with any kind of, um, you know, production and manufacturing. Uh, so we had a presentation from Reynolds. They are a tubing manufacturer and they talked about, you know, steel and whether it's the greenest or not, they did a, you know, a full on study about it, you know, some sort of environmental impact study. Um, And so they presented on that. So that was pretty cool, because, 
you know, a lot of our audience is obviously interested and concerned with, you know, the sustainability of what they're buying and um, consuming. Also, I guess cycling rights, you know, like bicycle law, when in an accident is always um, a topic of interest, I would say, you know, maybe more so in the city, but not necessarily. Um, so we usually have a presentation on that as well. And then diversity, equity, and inclusion is a big one for us. And, you know, we try and do less of talking about it and more of doing. And so rather than me putting out all kinds of things about what I think and what I want to do, um, we make sure that our um, presentations and seminars and demos are represented well by, you know, all different communities and populations. Um, we have a scholarship that is sponsored by SRAM and it is the um, inclusivity scholarship for frame builders. And so that opens up the opportunity of exhibiting and attending the expo as a scholarship recipient for frame builders of underrepresented communities, you know, women, trans people of color, and we're on our fourth year of that. So that's been really, really cool um, to see grow. You know, the first year we had to actually go out and find folks to, you know, give the scholarship to essentially. And now we're getting a bunch of applications each time, which is great, which shows that we're, you know, creating awareness and we're making a space for folks to feel comfortable and be represented. I mentioned the adaptive cycling thing. So, you know, making bikes accessible for all, both in, you know, a physical sense, you know, this seminar was put on by a guy who runs a shop in New England, um, you know, adaptive bicycles, but then also finding ways where we can make the expo accessible for folks who, you know, may not have the funds for a ticket or, you know, haven't heard about it. So making sure that we spread the word and, you know, offer discounts or free admission to folks who might not otherwise be able to attend. Following up on, on some of the DEI stuff, that is uh, an area that PAC and partners in the Circuit Trails Coalition have been focused lately, particularly on the question of like access to trails, to bike infrastructure, how equitable is it? Not very, as it turns out. Where does that connect with the issues that you were talking about at the expo and when you, you were outlining this, the scholarship program that's sort of focused on the industry side? What about the user side? Is there a push to kind of diversify cyclists and create or uh, you know improve opportunities for all kinds of Philadelphians to get out and ride? Is that part of your programming? Yeah, I mean, you know, that was just one example, but, um, you know, the Bicycle Coalition Youth Cycling Program Manager, um, he put together a really good um, presentation this year on cycling, you know, inclusivity and diversity and how can it bring us together. Um, we also partner quite a bit with um, KRT Cycling. Um, you know, they're a club in Philly, a black formed club, but, you know, anyone can join. Um, and they've been really instrumental in, I would say, that topic of how can cycling bring us together, pulling folks in from all over and making it accessible. We try and do it kind of organically with, you know, having the something for everyone motto, you know, like we brought in this guy, Darnell, I think on Instagram, he's like RD blocks, but he's like the wheelie king. 
he's like really cool. I think he's based out of New York, but he goes all over and like droves of kids, you know, come out and follow him, you know, want to learn his tricks and stuff. So he like, he did a ride out from a shop in South Philly to the expo and us together with Burn Helmets, who is one of his sponsors, we provided free admission to any of those youth that came. And then Darnell did a demo at the expo. And so trying to not like pigeonhole groups of cyclists or what a cyclist is, trying to just kind of expand to cover all spectrums and that cycling can be for everyone and, you know, in kind of whatever capacity works for you. One area where we're tracking a lot of growth in the outdoor industry broadly and in cycling is is gravel riding. It seems to really be picking up. What's the gravel riding situation near Philly? Are there are there rides near you? Is there interest in it? And what's needed to support the growth of the sport in where you are? Gosh, yeah, there's a ton. Right in the city, you know, there's gravel in the Wissahickon and other connecting networks. And then there's a lot of gravel rides that are, you know, within an hour of the city. I think like the Brandywine Roubaix is one. Hush Money Bikes in Lancaster puts on some great rides, you know, only an hour from the city. You know, the gravel thing, well, I don't know which one came first, but like the all road bike has become really popular. That just makes sense for riding in the city, you know, to have like a bike with a little bit fatter tire and a little bit more traction. So I think a lot of folks are gravitating towards that, you know, for city riding, you know, I mean, think of like, whatever, touring bikes back in the day, gravel bike, in a sense, you know, could be seen as that with just not as relaxed geometry. But yeah, it's hugely popular. We've had seminars on it. Um, This year, we did a seminar called um, Bike Packing Your Backyard, basically like all road gravel touring stuff, but not having to get so far out. And it was put on by a guy who just did the Continental Divide Trail. And then we've had, you know, more gravel specific seminars um, in previous years. But if you were to attend the show, you would see that the bicycles there, you know, we had, I don't know, like 40 custom frame builders and then another, you know, 20 or some production bicycle companies. It was dominated by gravel bikes. I think that's honestly just the trend for everywhere. You know, unfortunately, I think a lot of people are feeling like they want to get off the road a little bit, you know, just based on how things are going, you know, infrastructure wise, safety wise, you know, that seems to be the like, even if you're not somewhere where you have gravel right out your back door, that if you're going to be like traveling on the weekend, that's what you're looking for. Speaking of getting off the road, what what would you say is the affinity, the shared interest between people that are huge into cycling and people that are just sort of outdoorsy in general and specifically, you know, interested in the environment? What are the shared interests and the goals that that make these groups kind of natural allies? And what are the other natural allies that, uh, you know, that cyclists should be partnering with? I would say most everyone I know, in addition to cycling, either also hikes or also runs or also paddles or also climbs. I don't really know anyone who's just like, oh, I'm only a cyclist. And then by default, most people who are going to be into cycling and any other outdoor activity is going to have an interest and a concern for the environment. You know, I see a lot of 
rides heading in that direction. Things have changed with like how many, you know, disposable cups are used at aid stations. You know, that used to be like totally the norm. And then, you know, you slowly start to see that go away. And that's like one, you know, teeny tiny example. But if folks are outdoors, they have a vested interest in the environment and in outdoor recreation. Yeah, I think, you know, the more people that get outside, you know, the better for for everyone. As you know, interest in outdoor recreation generally, and I think cycling specifically, is way up since the start of the pandemic, even really before that, but especially in the last couple of years. Uh, How are you seeing that reflected in participation of the expo, interest in the topics that you talk about, and in cycling generally? Are you seeing that upswell of of interest? For sure. You know, it was already on the up, you know, before the pandemic. And then obviously that kind of forced a lot of folks outside in a good way and got people interested in it. And I've seen that continue. I mean, most of the people that I know who have picked it up over the pandemic kept with it. We've also seen our audience become, you know, increasingly more diverse since the pandemic. I think folks who maybe, you know, weren't working from home or were into other types of recreation, got into outdoor recreation from a a lack of options um, during the pandemic. So we kind of use our audience as a guide to the topics that we provide. You know, we always put out a survey at the end of each expo. How was the programming? How were the sessions? What would you like to see, you know, in the future? And so like this past year, we ran quite a few programs on like kids bike maintenance, because that was a big one that we got last year was like, oh, they really wanted to see stuff, you know, more stuff for kids. So that was really cool. We did, you know, some like basic bike maintenance um, for two different, you know, age ranges. I mean, that's one of the most rewarding things of the expo is seeing all the little ones run around and ride and, you know, be into the, you know, parts and accessories that they see because they're our next generation of cyclists. And they're the ones who are going to have the impact on on the world. So I love that part of my job. Well, I mean, the other facet of COVID as an event organizer, how has it changed the way that you run the expo? Has it affected the way you think about the mission? Yeah, I mean, that was challenging for sure. I mean, we didn't have a show in 2020. I kicked around the idea of like a virtual expo and ultimately decided against it. Cost was a factor. I'm an in-person event coordinator. Virtual type stuff is not my forte. And I would have had to bring in, you know, some team to run it. And then I just felt that it just wouldn't be the same. Um, So we just, we opted to take a year off. And in 2021, we did have a show. A lot of, um, a lot of events still didn't come back in 21, but we did. And we just, you know, obviously we followed all city and state guidelines. So, you know, it was a a mask required show, you know, our food and beverage had to be consumed in certain areas. And that was about the extent of, you know, the major changes that we had to do for that year. And then this past year was back, you know, as normal as as, as it's going to be. Right. There was no mask requirement. But you know, some folks obviously felt more comfortable in them. And being the vibe that we always give off, everyone was friendly and respectful of each other's choices. We have started recording more of the sessions 
than we did in previous years. Like in previous years, we would just kind of pick a handful of like new, notable, you know, maybe kind of like quote unquote celebrity presenters and record those. And this year we recorded like the majority of them for anyone who, you know, tested positive that weekend or just wasn't comfortable going yet and still wanted to have access to the knowledge and inspiration that we provide over the weekend. So those are a couple of things that we've continued. We're definitely kind of like in a build up phase um, because 2019 was our biggest show ever. And then 21 was pretty, you know, scaled back. And then this past year, we like doubled from last year, but still didn't quite hit 2019 numbers. So we're hoping that this next year, we'll kind of get back to where we started. But, you know, I think to some extent, there's always going to be folks now who, because of whatever's going on in their life currently, they're just like, not ready for an indoor experience with a lot of people. So the expo is growing, evolving. The outdoor industry in Pennsylvania, as we've been talking about, is also growing and evolving. What are the challenges and opportunities that you see ahead of the expo, you know, given the the growth of the industry, the the surge of interest in outdoor recreation? What's the future for, for the Philly Bike Expo look like, given all that? For me, I don't see anything, you know, negative or concerning. I think it's all it's all good stuff. You know, as far as like the outdoor recreation growing. I see a lot more events popping up, rides and races and that sort of thing. So I think those events are going to really have to step it up to kind of highlight what's different and unique about them. You know, I'm actually currently here in Lewisburg, PA, which is home of Unpaved, big gravel race. When Unpaved started, I don't know, I guess it was like five years ago, you know, there was maybe only like one or two other gravel races in central PA. And now there's a lot. So I, you know, again, I don't see it as a bad thing. My motto has always been like, the more the merrier, just provides more opportunities for more folks, you know, it's like, oh, now there's an event that's even closer to home, you know, now it's less expensive for someone to get to, they don't have to stay overnight, you know, used to be right, like, if you wanted to do an epic gravel event, you had to travel to Kansas, and you had to, you know, stay overnight for several nights and fly or gas. I think of it as a positive thing for sure. But I think that they'll have some brainstorming to do on showcasing what makes them unique, you know, so that folks put them on the calendar. We're kind of in a shoulder season. And that's on purpose. We don't want to compete with amazing outdoor events. I want to be at amazing outdoor events in the spring and summer and early fall. So yeah, we do the shoulder season specifically. And you mentioned like the growth in outdoor recreation. Um, I'm sure you've met Nathan, the new outdoor rec director for DCNR. I met him actually at a gravel race um, back in the spring. And I had him to Lewisburg for a little tour of Lewisburg recreation kind of thing. And that's, you know, that's super exciting to me that, you know, the state created a position just for that, that just shows where we're headed. You know, I'm out on the gravel roads in central PA a lot, and I still don't see many cyclists out there, but more than I used to and, and folks that I don't know. So people are coming out specifically to ride those roads, which is really cool. Do you have a date set for the 2023 expo yet? We don't. It's a little unusual, but going back to COVID stuff, 
that's something that has affected us a little bit with the return of events, which is really great. We've run into some scheduling things and events that used to be like every other year have all kind of stacked in 23. And I'm a little bit on the picky side. There is one hall that I like because it has these huge front windows, like floor to ceiling windows. And you get all this natural light and you can see, you know, the Philly landscape out there and all the buildings. And so I'm kind of holding out for, for my haul. So we should have something announced in the next couple of weeks. Great. Well, I hope you keep us posted. As you know, Peck sent some of our staff to hold down a table last year, and I imagine we will be there again this year. So we're looking forward to that. Thanks for being on Pennsylvania Legacies. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me. That's Bina Belenki, director of the Philly Bike Expo. Learn more about it on the PEC website at peckpa.org, where you can check out all of our past podcast episodes. There you can also find out why gravel riding is the fastest growing form of cycling right now, and also one of the best opportunities to grow Pennsylvania's outdoor industry, something we at PEC are both studying and actively working to encourage with events like our Public Lands Ride, which we just held in September. Check out the video from last fall's ride and read our recent report on how to support the continued growth of gravel riding in the Commonwealth, again at the website pecpa.org, peckpa.org. That's all for this installment of Pennsylvania Legacies. Glad you could join us and hope you will tune in for the next one coming out in about two weeks. Until then, for the Pennsylvania Environmental Council, I'm Josh Rollerson, and thanks for listening.